Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 this is Daniel from Grizz901. I don't know what happened to the intro there, but it all kind of confused me and it got me all flustered and I don't know what happened, but it's not my normal intro. Uh, welcome to the Grizz901 podcast. Uh, we are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. My guy Nate is here again. We're coming after Christmas, so Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. What's up, Nate? Merry Chrysler, baby. I am currently sitting in my wife's childhood bedroom, hence the mattress behind me because I'm sitting on the floor while I watch her do all the manly work outside and lay out hay, and I do the manly act of talking into this computer with you. So happy to be here, bud. Hey, that's what we do, man. We just, you know, <laughs> let them do that. We'll do these, these things. It's just the important things of life, right? <laughs> uh, kind of like messing up the entire intro of the, the show. I don't know <laughs> what happened. But it uh, it glitched for me, and I thought we were uh, going off the rails already. But uh, let's talk about um, how the Warriors stole Christmas. And so I, I was thinking, pondering, we'll say, how other Grizz-related stuff, such as the Grinch. And I'm like, you know what? That makes the most sense to me. And honestly, it pissed me off, just like everybody else was pissed off when the Grinch stole their presents. So let's get into the good topics of the day. And that's the Jaw Ones. First initial thoughts. When you see, when you saw those, it happened obviously early Christmas morning. Uh, I burnt a, uh, a set of uh, bacon that I was cooking out on the grill uh, because I was actually looking at them and looking at the details. And I forgot I had a grill full of bacon in front of me. So I burnt a little bit of them. Not a big deal. Uh, but <laughs> what did you think of initially when you saw the job ones? Uh, I was actually surprised. Well, I was sort of with everybody and laughing when it was like, these are not as flashy as I thought they would be. There, I saw a bunch of the man, these are going to look dope with my wife's scrubs <laughs> comments out there. And I, and that, legit, my wife said that without seeing any of those comments goes, Oh, I would wear those with my scrubs. <laughs> I go, mm-hmm. God, the rumors are true, but um, I, I like them though. They're, they're shoes that I would wear around and I'm not like, I'm not a hooper, right? I don't go around and play pickup at lifetime or anything like that. And I could wear those shoes around and not feel weird wearing them out. Right. Like I've got some yeah. Kobe's that I wear when I do go play pickup and I would never, wear those things outside of a basketball court right and you could wear those uh the i i don't even know they they were part of what i got for coaching one year i was coaching baseball and every coach got mambas but i don't know which ones no idea um they're black and white and sleek and sexy and i refuse to wear them on any surface that isn't hardwood but um i really liked the chimneys though that he wore in the actual game yeah those were those were sick. Those were sleek. Yeah. I like those a lot. I think that the the colorway, the bright colorways on the release were they'll look better in person, 
but the chimneys, just the way that the black swoosh, I think it was black. I'm colorblind. It was dark swoosh lined up against the rest of the shoe was, was slick. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I will be buying in April. Yeah, they were black. Uh, and on the back, it says we ain't ducking no smoke on the other one. Uh, it he says isn't. we climb, climb up the chimney. Is that right? Yeah, he he definitely wasn't ducking any smoke last night. The rest of the Grizzlies, especially uh, Jaron, looked like he was ducking smoke, so I could hardly find him. But Ja isn't, so we know that's true. Well, it was a good uh, it was a good Christmas uh, kind of surprise in a sense, right? Uh, his daughter yeah. uh, Kari walked up w- wearing yeah. them in the video. That was really cool, uh, and so she handed him the box. And obviously, he's seen them, right? Uh, but seeing them, kind of, you know getting brought to you by your daughter is really cool. Anything yeah. that your daughter does to you is, is really cool in a sense. Uh, but having that happen and kind of being the release was kind of, you know, it was a cool thing, especially for, you know, Grizzlies fans worldwide, because that's really what it is. Uh, yep. These shoes are going to be um, very top sellers because they're going to take place of the Kyrie's, which was more the every man shoe yeah, like exactly. they were really good for basketball but they were also like shoes that you could wear out and feel comfortable in you could wear them with you know whatever you want uh but they were a, a shoe that wasn't as expensive and i think that's the direction he's going is a shoe mm-hmm. that's not going to be as expensive uh but they're also low tops which goes well just like uh, i have a pair of kobe tens that i love and that those are the low ones and you really could wear those like tennis shoes because that's that's really what they resemble. So it's pretty cool to uh, to have him kind of take that on on Christmas Day. Nice surprise, right? For everybody, it had to be a good surprise, a good feeling. You're, you're getting yeah. your day started. You know, your kids, my, my kids had already opened, you know, presents already. And so getting that uh, update or that notification was uh, pretty cool. So good times. And I'm glad that he's starting to name these and kind of putting his own his own spin on them, right? His daughter, oh, yeah. those ones, those were her favorite color. Uh, her first mm-hmm. and so she picked him out that's why he uh, has those as a release uh but it was um it, it was it was really cool to see that and especially the the cool th- thing that i saw was she had her little signature under the instep yeah um, i don't know if it's both shoes but at least the right shoe i think it was uh had her little signature uh so obviously tearjerker right tearjerker well kari was the best part of that whole release man that was what really hit home and i think it speaks to a lot of why ja fits so well in memphis is it's this family first you bring the ones that matter most with you that have always been here that are behind the scenes pushing you along and you bring them in everything you do you bring them with you in your success right because they've been there to help you in your failures and push you through your failures and uh, Kari's the biggest part of his life and very much so behind the scenes, except for job brings her in front of the scenes because he loves her so much and wants her to share in that. And so it, it, that was cool, man. That's really cool. I speaks a lot to who Jai is and why he fits yeah. so well with this team in the city. So for sure, the best part of the release was Kari. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, and it was obviously it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the game. And that's what a lot of people are here to kind of listen for. And thank you for hanging out with us and Merry Christmas to everybody who's listening uh, live on the YouTube, but also uh, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, I want to say thank you. It's been a, um, it's been a really good turnout of uh, the numbers in general, especially for our show. Our show is, uh, has been doing amazing numbers, the others as well, uh, but supporting our three shows now with, with us, which is the Grizz on a one, uh, but also you have uh, No Bluffing Podcast, and then you have Free Basketball, who's giving you a little bit uh, something different. Uh, with the No Bluffing, they just recorded right before we did, so I imagine that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, but they always 
they always bring it right. It's the raw stuff. But then you talk about free basketball and something that I was obviously recording with them on a normal basis before I finally just stepped away and let them do their two man deal. Cause I think that's a lot of times it's, it's a little bit easier. Plus uh, if Cody's bought in, Cody is hysterical. Um, he, he drops some, some, some slur, some, some words that he shouldn't say. Okay. Uh, and so we had to, uh, we got to make sure we bleep those out. We're, we're working on those. Uh, but his, have you heard Nathan, I'm not going to put you on the spot too much, but have you heard any of that where it's the mascot tournament that he's doing? No, I'm not, I'm not seeing it's this so, latest from Cody. It's so funny. So uh, what they're doing is a mascot tournament where they're pretty much taking each mascot and you're, you're choosing as the fan, but also them, um, who would be the winner out of between the mascots. And you can bring up whatever reasoning you need to bring up as to why one mascot be better. Uh, and actually, so the Grizzlies is taking on, I want to say it's the Lakers mascot uh, this next week. Uh, because there was a play-in tournament, and so now they're what, – what's the Lakers mascot, you ask? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to ask. Exactly, and that's what they were saying. Like It was the Nets against the Lakers, I believe. It's like a gold and miner. And so they were – Brian made a pitch to uh, have the net. Like you could throw a net on top of somebody and catch them, but the Laker is like a, something else. I don't – listen. They knew the details, and it was actually very funny. <laughs> so they have a good time with that. They're going to do that prior for the next good while because it's going to be tournament, tournament format. Uh, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check out those two podcasts. But, uh, but enough of that. Let's get into the Grizzlies game uh, that is. And obviously, you know, the final score was 123 to 109. Jaw went off. Boy, did he. He went off. He was going off all game. He was the best player on the court. Eh, you could say Jordan Poole, maybe at times. Uh, but Jordan Poole finished with 32 points. The Grizzlies, they had no answer for him. They had no answer for Clay. But Ja looked amazing. 36 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ja? Like, just in general, that game, is was that a coming out party again? Because he seems to do that a lot. I mean, it's not a coming out party anymore. It's just no. Ja showing up for the bright lights, right? Who he I mean, is. I, I, I text you guys, I won a bunch of money on Method of First Basket. So shout out to Jaron for actually playing a little bit last night so I could hit on that. But um, I also hit on what I have now dubbed trademark pending the star lay, which is on big nights like Christmas Day. I just put money on the stars to show up and play like stars. And Ja was obviously on one of those lists. And I hit on all of them, by the way. So I don't, I don't throw on Grizzly because I tend to be more of the long shot guy. <laughs> but it has been paying off consistently for me. And uh, Ja was one of them, man. He showed up and he just played like a star. He is a star now, right? So. I don't think it's a coming out party anymore. It's just him doing what he does. And unfortunately, it was very quiet because he probably could have had 12 to 15 assists if his supporting cast showed up, right? right. Um, and they just they just weren't there. So he played probably better than it shows. And mm. I know some people hate on that. Oh, he, why is he shooting 10 threes? Well, he sort of had to shoot 10 threes. Yeah. That was unfortunately the way that game was going. So, um, Listen, he's a star. He plays like it. He's going to show up for those big games. We don't have to worry about that, which is exciting, right? We just need yeah. supporting cast to show up, and they'll be better in the future. You know, I agree with that completely. And that's the thing is it's – and there, there's been so many stuff. I got into uh, Twitter spaces a little bit last night. Shout out to EJ and his crew. Uh, it was a it was a hot fest. It was hot take central, we'll say. And honestly, my take on uh, all of it is – the Grizzlies are now 20 and 12. They're eight games above 500. 
you want to be close to 20 games above 500 to end the season, roughly, right? Uh, that would put you up, I think, 18 games above 500 at the end of the year. Uh, r- roughly 18 to 20 games, whatever. It's going to be – you're having a good record. I, I feel – I feel confident in them going that direction still. Like we're we're eight games above 500 now, and we're just now getting fully healthy. Unless something goes awry, I, I feel like this is a team that is only going to continue to get better. And when you're supporting cast outside of Ja, the starters combined for 36 mm-hmm. points, three more points than Ja himself. When you look, when you look back at that, and that's really what the game come down to, comes down to, to me. I'm not going to go through the details. We're not going to completely break down the game. Everybody watched it, right? It was probably one of the most nationally televised games. Uh, I'd imagine. I know football was on, so that's going to be tough. But for the day of, of basketball, I imagine that's going to be one of the top games that was viewed. Uh, it was. It was honestly, it was the main event, right? Yep. So when I look at that, I. I look at the supporting cast not giving much of anything. And if you look at the rest of the box score, like we had, we had almost every guy that played scored. Like that, that is the issue, except for Conchar, which we'll talk about. We'll Don't talk worry. About um, everybody scored. And the bench Clark nine, Aldama nine, Zaire three, Tyus Jones 13. Like, you can't have those same numbers and then go up to your starters and go Desmond Bain, nine, Stephen Adams, six, Dylan Brooks, 13, Jaron Jackson, 11. Like, I like that. We're all like kind of facilitating, like somebody's facilitating. Everybody's hitting an open shot, taking the right shots. Everybody's scoring. That's good teamwork, but there has to be somebody else that is a tier above the rest of everybody else besides Ja. Desmond Bain went 0 for 7 from three. That's all you need to know about last night's game. Truly, it's all you really need to know. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think we would expect him at worst to go three for seven from three. Dylan went one for six from three, which, listen, Dylan is no hot stuff from the perimeter, but that's worse than what he's been doing lately too, right? I mean, guys just weren't making shots that you would expect them to make. And Zaire's smoking layups. It's going to take a minute for Bain to get back into shape. I know we're all super excited for him to be back, but – the truth is, they might have been better off having Roddy in there or uh, Ronch or not Ronchar. Ronchar. Yes. Uh, that sounds like a, a Rugrats animal from a Ronchar. Um, Conchar in there and then playing Roddy off the bench or something because it just didn't have it and he's not going to have it every night for a while. So, um, a lot of extenuating stuff. They're trying to get Zaire back into form, Des back into form, and you needed the other guys to be consistent and they just weren't last night. So, and by the way, the Warriors were on fire. What mm. did they shoot from three? Forty percent from three, and that's not indicative of how it went for most of that game. No. They were they were close a, to fifty percent. Fifty, yeah, most of the game above fifty percent. Which they've got shooters, no doubt about it. But listen, Clay was on one. He had a point to prove last night, and he did. Um, yeah. I still think he's a moron and a complete d bag. But <laughs> Poole was completely on one. Say it with Draymond your chest. Green. Draymond Green made a three last night. Like, it's Dante DiVincenzo, five for nine. Anthony Lamb, three for four. Ty Jerome, two for four. Moses Moody knocked down a three. It's They were just on one last night. Okay, I don't think that was very indicative of either team, for the most part, outside of the stars. Poole's been on one. I don't think that's who Poole is. And then Ja showed up and was Ja, right? I think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. So, 
Um, we'll see. I've got a I've got a feeling these teams are going to meet up in the playoffs again, and I think that will be a really fun series that's going to go similarly to how it did last year with a different end result. I think yeah. it'll be fun, but it's fun to see these teams hate each other too. Right. <laughs> we'll, they, we'll get it. We'll get into the clay comments yeah, next. We'll get into that. I want to I want to wrap up this game a little bit. Uh, like you were saying, Danny uh, Danny Green. I see D Green on here. Draymond Green. Sorry, Danny. I I apologize, but. Him hitting a three, that can happen in a game, right? Clay Thompson going three of 12 from deep, that's probably happened more than him going four of eight from deep, four of nine from deep. Like oh, yeah. that is actually a probably a legit normal game for him. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, three of 10. It seemed like he didn't miss, but a lot of that was early on. I knew he would cool off, and I would imagine that he probably hit three in the first quarter and probably never hit another one, if, if my math adds right. But Dante DiVincenzo, the fact that he went five and nine, that was the big thing. Because every time that you're trying to get the ball out of the better players' hands, such as Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole, you want to send it out to a guy like you know DiVincenzo. Like you expect him and want him to shoot the ball because he's not as good. And when he goes mm-hmm. five of nine, seven of twelve overall for uh, 19 points, that's the big one. But even going cool. down to the bench, Lamb. Three or four, yeah. I, I, there's no way he's hit three in a game this whole year. And I will look as I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you talk in a second. But then Ty Jerome, two or four, and Moses Moody, one or three. That's probably the most normal, right? Yeah. But DiVincenzo going five and nine is just crazy. Well, it's the same thing. It's a supporting cast. It's what killed the Grizzlies in the playoffs last year, right? It wasn't Clay and Steph and Poole that killed the Grizzlies in the playoffs, it was Otto Porter Jr. and Kevon Looney, right, were the ones that always came through. And the Grizzlies supporting cash just has to step up, right? Ja did what Ja does, but Jaron's got to do what he needs to do. Dez got to do what he needs to do. Zaire's got to step up. Dylan's got to step up. And, you know, unfortunately, not enough guys stepped up last night. But there's a lot of moving parts for the Grizzlies still, and so just preaching patience. You know, they, they ought to come around. There's some things that we'll get on today that I think are right to be mad about i don't know if worried would be the right word but upset okay. about what happened but for the most part listen it was an emotional game i despise clay thompson he is far and away my least favorite player in the league i think he's a try hard i think he has little mm. wiener syndrome because he's mm. constantly walking around overcompensating is why he walks like it's so weird i don't know i thought it was a knee and achilles thing but i think it's just because his wiener is so small he's trying to figure out how to navigate it so stuff doesn't click back and forth or something but he's a complete D-bag and tool bag and try hard. But listen, they they hate each other and they won last night, right? And they don't – I think Clay actually hates everyone because he's got little wiener syndrome, so he's just full of anger and rage. But Draymond, listen, they he went to dap up Ja after the game, after he screamed at him on the floor. It, it's all fun. It's fun for that rivalry to be there. And I think that's the one that I'll say is turning into a true – rivalry right warriors fans may say you haven't won anything it's not a rivalry they play like it's a rivalry out there right they act like it's a rivalry but they won't accept that it's a rivalry and you know yeah. what whatever like i, I think it's you know fun. we it's it fun. is fun and and that's the thing is i don't i don't i think fans take more offense to it than the players like the players can actually Agreed. say something about it and they can actually make comments back and forth and they matter and watch those comments and, you, and we'll talk about Clay's yeah. comments in a second, but you hear those comments and it's like, hey, listen, we heard their comments and, you know, honestly, we didn't appreciate it, but that's what we did tonight. You know what? We respect them and we know they're coming because yeah. that is the truth. We know they're coming. 
And that is, in the end, that should be how this is handled. Call it a rivalry. I don't care. You can call it whatever you want to. They, their fans, their players, their entire country, the reason it's on Christmas Day acknowledges that there's something going on between these two teams. I don't care how you classify it. It's a lot of fun. And I'm glad there is trash talking because it makes us as fans more invested. I think it's, I think it's fun. Who cares? As long as you're not actually doing anything and talking about people's families and talking about things you shouldn't be talking about, as long as it's on the court stuff. Yeah, it's fine. I love it. Well, and I think part of what made that game so emotional last night, and this is something that I acknowledge I bring up from time to time, and I know it's a it might be a character flaw of mine, but it applied last night. Those officials let that game turn into an absolute circus. Yeah. That was a show, dude. I mean, and it's you put officials that have some tenure like Mark Davis in there and dude, Natalie Sago. That was some of the most ridiculously incompetent officiating I've seen in my life. I mean, the fact that they called the fact they called that fifth foul on Jaron at all was ridiculous. I mean, I don't even like you were looking for a reason to call foul on him at that point, if you call that. But then why is he guarding Draymond send, Green so far out? Send, what's what's he gonna do? Hit another listen, three? We're gonna I'm get just, into I'm the Jaren. We're gonna get into Jaron thing. We're gonna get into the Jaron thing. <laughs> but the fact that, that was called a foul in the first place was absurd but then they let clay thompson shoot the free throw yes acknowledge they were wrong about it and say f it let him shoot the next one let's count that that one and let him shoot the next one that summed up everything about that game and then they're calling texts left and right on warriors players and and because draymond it's so true he gets one tech in the first half of the game he gets to murder your entire family Right. And they won't call another thing. He stood over Jaw after he fouled him, by the way, on a layup that they didn't call. Then stood over him and screamed in his face. I mean, Santi Aldama <laughs> gets teed up for just looking at a guy, much less yelling. I saw Jason Tatum get teed up this year for clapping in the direction of a bench. <laughs> Luca got teed up the other day for yelling at his teammate. <laughs> it's, it's. I, I know I, I listened to Vernon the other day and he thought he thinks the officiating has been pretty good this year. I think this is the worst officiating I've seen since I've been a fan of the NBA. Not to mention, as soon as they said Mark Davis and Natalie Sago, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. This is going to be terrible. And more than just bad calls, the refs let that game get to an emotional state it should have never gotten yeah. to. It just it was terrible. It was terrible. It was they really should do something about that because I've seen too many games this year get out of hand because the officials are incompetent. So that game last night was absurd. Yeah, no, I agree. And when they when the biggest one, the most egregious was the one where he fouled James Wiseman, right? And they called Bro. the foul on was it Jaron? I think it was Jaron. And then they it let, was Jaron. So it's fifth. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was the one. Okay. Well, that was the one mm-hmm. on James Wiseman. They let Clay shoot the. the <laughs> so and they just let it happen. They talked about it and let it happen anyways. I'm like, dude, I can get paid all that money to get the calls wrong. It was bad. But in the end of the day, like, I look at that game and I, it is about the officiating a little bit, right? Because, you know, it disrupts flow of the game, it disrupts a lot uh, more than just the actual people in foul mm-hmm. trouble. Because we'll talk about uh, it was. I think it's more Jaron's fault why he gets some calls. I also think yeah. it's 
I also think it's the way that he plays. That's why he gets them. But also the referees, they see certain things and they see his long arms when they come down and they expect, you know, when you flail and you see a big guy's arms coming down, that's just that's their knee-jerk reaction. They're going to call that. And he has to understand that, right? Uh, and we'll talk about him. And I know we have a lot to talk about. We're, we're way too far into talking about that game. Uh, in the, in the uh, end of the day, easy enough for me to say, uh, the Grizzlies take the loss. They're still, you know, 20 and 12 at this point. They had a, honestly, is a bad road trip. They haven't played well all year on the road. The Golden State Warriors have. They're really good at home, really terrible away. Grizzlies are the same. And the Grizzlies are going to have the Warriors come back and face them on their home court, FedEx Forum. There's three more games, right, for the rest of the year. I expect yeah. these to go uh, pretty good. It's always going to be a fun show between uh, these two teams. All right, let's get into uh, a little bit after the game. We, we hear a little bit from Clay Thompson, um, and we'll go through just some normal conversation stuff he had. Um, and he said, you know, just some good old, you know, old-fashioned trash talk. Uh, I didn't think it was warranted technical when he got his technical role, but I forgot about the taunting role. So that's why he got his is for taunting. Um, some other stuff uh, they talked about. So he said it pissed him off a little bit because of the comments that Brooks says, I, I hope Curry plays uh, because he said that they're not as good without him. Right. But that's, that's the truth, but let's just bring it into context. Uh, then he said it, but I got Clay Thompson. I like that matchup a little bit better because he talking a little smack before, uh, but when we lost, right. So it's just back and forth. It's normal stuff. Then you have Dylan Brooks come in and said the refs let it happen. He was doing it all game, and then they want to catch the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? That's why uh, that's whack to me. Effing, uh, effing up calls, putting the wrong guys on the free throw line. It was a circus. You should have different refs. That's that's that that was honestly the truth. You probably shouldn't say it at that point. You know, you sound like a a bad person. But this is the one I want to talk about the most, and it was the one where Dylan Brooks was talking about a dynasty. And Clay Thompson, live after the game, said, man, they were talking about a dynasty on all that, referring to, to what Dylan said. You can talk dynasty when you haven't – or you can't talk dynasty when you haven't won before. I don't think people realize how hard it is, the commitment, sacrifice, and takes. I mean, you got to sacrifice your body, and I thought that was premature to talk. And even to mention that word, dynasty. Uh, but they bring the best out of us, and I think we do the same. And even though we don't like them, you got to respect them because they're a threat. So – that last one, what does that mean to you? What does that say to you? Because a lot of people took that so many different ways. Well, first off, my nephew Sam is here. Come here, buddy. Come here. Say hi. Hi. This is the nicest kid you'll ever meet. Say hi, what's Daniel. What's up, Sam? What's up, He man? says, what's up, Sam? What's up? All right. He, I think he's a little shy to be on the show, but I uh, wanted to give him a shout out. He's like the nicest kid in the world. He's awesome. And we're about to celebrate Christmas, aren't we, bud? Yeah. All right. I got to finish this up, and then I'll come downstairs. All right, buddy? So, yeah, but the last part about the dynasty stuff, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I mean, there's right. The Grizzlies aren't a dynasty yet. And I, right. I, I don't think that it's, I don't think they should be talking about a dynasty by any means, but um, I also think that was brought up a year and a half ago or something i don't even know how long ago that was brought up i don't remember the grizzlies talking about that recently unless well, i missed it was, something it was dylan that said it in the playoffs um, or something last year right i don't think that was any time recently if it was recently that's a little bit different but i thought it 
listen, it's the same thing. And this, I, you go back to his comments about you got to sacrifice whatever, whatever in your body to do that. The dude, I, listen, <laughs> I made the joke earlier about the tiny wiener syndrome. <laughs> I think genuinely he knows he's not what he used to be coming back from his injuries. Yeah, they were right. devastating injuries, right? Which I, everybody gets that. And I don't think anybody would hold that against him. I think he is trying to compensate and maybe pretend that he is what he was before his injury, which he's not, and that's fine, but he wants everybody to act like he is what he used to be, and he's just not. I think that's where a lot of this comes from because you see, you heard him last year bring up, oh, nobody respects, gives me the respect I deserve for going what I went yeah. through. I'm like, everybody gave you a ton of respect. You had a bunch of commercials come out about what you <laughs> went through, right? Like, it's everybody did, but you, that doesn't mean we have to pretend you are what you used to be. I think that's where all this sort of, clay stuff comes from because he didn't used to be a guy who i despise i was like he's a dude who just goes out and kills you he just yeah. makes shots and goes about his business and it's not who he is anymore i think that's what that comes from so i think that's where a lot of this comes from is he wants respect from the grizzlies and doesn't really acknowledge they don't give anyone that respect right until after the game you know and Josh constantly shouting out clay on social media and stuff when he goes off so um do i think clay was right that they can't be talking about dynasties and whatever. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't won a championship. They haven't even made it to a conference finals yet or an yeah. NBA finals. So, yeah, he's absolutely right. Do I think the comments were warranted? No, not really. I thought it was pretty random and weird for him to bring it up. But you also, I think what people need to remember is we get the sound bites on Twitter and stuff like that. And believe it or not, there's life outside of that app. And he did mention hey, like, we know these guys are coming. We're trying to hold off these young bucks. So he also gave the Grizzlies That's, yeah. their due, right? And so I'm not trying to ride the fence. I, like I said, I like Clay Thompson. I'm pretty adamant that I don't like Clay Thompson. Do I think this is all getting blown out of proportion? Yeah, listen, the Grizz talk their talk right. constantly. Yeah. We got to be okay with it getting talked back. And I think Grizz fans, for the most part, acknowledge that. But um, I also think it's important for us to state because <laughs> – I don't hold back when I don't like something and I don't like him. So I don't really hold back about it. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. I, I don't think those comments are getting blown out of proportion in general. No, I, I agree. Um, and that's what the first thing that came to mind. And I think I put this in the group text um, is my thing is I, I, I could care less what they say. It's so much fun. We're going to talk the Grizzlies fans are going to talk trash the grizzlies players the city of memphis is going to talk trash nobody is doing it to the point where i think they shouldn't obviously there are people but for the most part the majority is talking trash in a good way right penny hardaway the entire city of memphis all of memphis basketball talks about it they all talk yeah. about the smoke right because <laughs> you give it out you got to take it back right yeah. I said this, I'm fine with their showboat showboating because when they come to Memphis, we're going to be doing the exact same thing. And that's the truth. When they come to Memphis and when we do the exact same thing to them with or without Curry, who cares? The Grizzlies are a better team overall than them. We're going to be playing at home and we're going to play better. Like that's just, we're, we're going to be further along with this group playing together we're going to maybe answer some of the questions that we're probably going to bring up questions about today on our overreaction segment. Yep. But that's just the truth. And we're going to be talking the same thing. Like people, you have to understand if you give it out, you got to be able to take it. And I think that uh, what they're saying now, 
they're dancing on top of our our grave, right? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's Dance. Fine. Have fun. But take it whenever we start doing it next because that it, it always goes back and forth. And that's my whole thing is have fun. I enjoy this. As long as nobody's taking it too far, I enjoy it. And listen, as long as it's not someone whose profile picture is like Steph Curry holding a trophy or whoever, it's always the accounts that have a, a picture of yeah. a player that say these, I mean, truly like shocking things to each other yeah. on the app. But outside of that, everyone, I think for the most part, keeps it good natured outside of whoever the locked on dubs guy is. That guy is Cyrus. Yeah. That dude's a twat. Well, make sure you uh, <laughs> make sure you do it the right way. And that's what we always say is. Um, Make sure you don't ruin relationships, friendships. Um, you don't ruin really your life for some of the things that you say. So always take that into context yeah. yourself, because I think that is important. And I think some people lose track of that because they are on that bird app and they think they can just say whatever they want and get away with it. Just be careful, right? Yeah. Do it in good, you know, good fun. Make sure you're doing it the right way. And I think say what you want. Who cares? Just make sure yeah. you don't do anything crazy. And don't talk about Jaren's IQ. God, so stupid. Yeah, we're about to talk about Jaren's IQ. I'm about to go in on that. That's all right, real absurd. quick. Let's get to uh people that pay us a little bit. Uh Grizz901 merch. If you like the Grizz901 merch, go to grindcitydesigns.com backslash Grizz901. Um, I usually always wear them. Uh, you should be getting yours when you go home. It'll be there waiting on you. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it, it's open. some good stuff. We're going to be bringing more stuff to you, not just our logo, but more stuff. So uh, make mm -hmm. sure you stay tuned to that. Uh, Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they do treat you like family. Uh, make sure you go, if you do need any kind of insurance at all, please go call our guy, Zach, his team. They're always good people. They're good people to me. Uh, and I promise you they can save you money if you just give them a call at 901-443-4798, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. That's Z-A-C-H, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. It might be motor, uh, automobile. I almost said motomobile. That's, it's that, that's not the right thing, right? <laughs> automobile, uh, it could be whatever you need. It could be your mortgage right? Anything, whatever you have, anything for your house, any insurance, jewelry, right? We have that, uh, making sure we uh, keep those rocks uh, insured. Those are important. All right, let's get to uh, player overreactions. And this is a segment I know you want to talk about. So let's go ahead and mm -hmm. get into it now. Lead away, my friend, lead away. Well, we're going to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. first, because All right. there's a whole interaction. There's a whole interaction that I know you had from our Grizz lead account one of the other games talking about him having a bottom five IQ, which I don't think is a bottom. A I don't think it's a bottom five IQ, but bottom 10. No, we're not going to get into the, the exact numbers of it. Uh, Cause I don't, I don't want to have an overreaction. I want to have an accurate reaction to this one because this is not a fun thing. He has to be better. And do I think like the fifth foul on Jaron, I thought was, an absurd call. I I put that out on Twitter. At the end of the day, he shouldn't have been in a position to get his fifth foul. That's his fault. That is his fault. You cannot pick up two fouls in the first quarter. You can't because he may pick up one. That's a questionable call. So be it. The second one is never the questionable call. He has to be smarter. You don't need to block everything. I know it's awesome when he gets a bunch of blocks. Him having eight blocks in the game. That's wonderful. Great. You know what he also can do is just get one block a game, two blocks a game, no blocks a game, but hold them to an overall lower percentage in the paint because he just stays vertical and alters their shots. How great would that be? And plus, for everybody who wants him to be Defensive Player of the Year, 
the people who vote on that are absolute nerds. So they're just going to look at his advanced stats. And his advanced stats are incredible when he's on the floor. They look at effective field goal percentage, on-off percentage, what it looks like in the paint. And it's amazing when he's playing. But you know what makes it not amazing when he's playing? When he has to worry about fouling, which, unfortunately, he doesn't do. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know what else you have to say. Like, it's these big games. You He has to show up. I've said it time and time again. He's the X factor for this team. He has to be on the court for them to win. Absolutely has to be. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. It looks like he's still immature because he still sits there mm. and pouts. And he, you know, Ja and Dylan, they get on to the refs just as much as anybody. I'm convinced the refs hate Ja right now too, right? It's one of those things. But they also will go up and talk to them, right? Yeah. They go up and have conversations with the refs. Jaron just gets mad and throws his hands and throws his hands in the air and then goes and sits and pouts on the bench. I'm not trying to hate on Jaron either. Because I know there are Jaron haters out there. I had quite a few text me last night, but I'm not a Jaron hater. But he needs to be better. And it's not, it's, you're not a hater for saying as much, right? You're not a hater for calling it out. He's got to be better. And he looked like he showed some growth over the first handful of games of the season, but lately he's gotten back into that habit. And it is not an overreaction to say this is an issue that is concerning. Yeah. I think this is the only part of last night I was genuinely worried about. It's what was it the Bucks game this happened, but he yeah. the Grizz just played really well, like out of their minds outside of him. It happened in another big game recently. Was it the Nuggets he got in foul trouble against as well? Probably. And it just, just can't be honest. It's happening more than it's not. It's can't it just can't happen. It just can't happen. And it's not the ref's fault. And it's not Taylor Jenkins' fault. It's Jaron. It's yeah. Jaron, and it's he's a young player, I know, but he's not a young player in NBA years, and he's got to know better. It's too, it's, it's time. It's, it's tired, and you should be tired of it as Grizz fans yeah. watching it. So it's concerning, and it's ridiculous that it's still happening. He has to be better. Yeah. Well, There's plenty he, of guys that are as long and lanky as him in the league who don't get into foul trouble that much. Yeah, I, I'll give you an example of a player I like, but going back to what you were talking about, um, he played 21 minutes against the, the Warriors, right? Uh, that It has to be more than that. Phoenix, he played 28. It's the best game he's had in a while. And then in Denver, another 22 minutes. He played 13 minutes against Milwaukee when he got in foul trouble. He's played three games this season of 30-plus minutes. Three. That's it. That and – and people want to talk about him being the second best player on the Grizzlies. I believe he's the X factor, and I agree with you on that one. And a lot of people want to refer to him as the number two option. If you're not on the court, you can't be the best, second best player on the team. That is yeah. plain and simple. It's not that I do not like Jaron. I like Jaron. I hate the stupidity. And I think that he's so athletic and so good that if he could figure that part of his game out, all these accolades and everything would come. It'd be much, much more simple. I and it's gotten to the point I get mad about it, right? As a fan, you get mad, but yeah. I genuinely don't understand why he does why he does it. It doesn't make any sense to because you are so tall and vertical, and you know every coach ever has told him stay vertical. I, I yeah. just don't understand where it doesn't click. Is and it gets to the point where I'm 
wanted to last night. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, is it just selfishness? Is it just selfishly mm. wanting to go get blocks and feel awesome? Because otherwise, I don't know. It's like I know you've gone through drill after drill and coach after coach saying stay vertical, stay vertical, stay vertical. Yeah. You see them, Jaw and Brandon Clark and whoever else on the court say, "Yeah, tell them." And it's, I don't it's think not, he's. I don't think he's a stupid guy. Is no. it selfish? Is it selfishness? I don't know. I don't know. It's not the vertical plays either, though. Most of the time, when he's when he's creating the dunk fouls, the cookie that, jar. It's it's when he's getting his hands down, and that's when he's going for the steals. That's when. Why does he need to be a guy who gets steals off of a dribble? Like why? It's, that it's that doesn't make thing, sense, though, Daniel. To me. But that, it comes back to the same thing. Keep your hands up all yeah. the time, all the time. That's what, even when you're on the perimeter. Have a hand up. Have one here so you can be agile. Right. And then just go when the <laughs> just stay up. Yeah. It's not he can hard. contest, and he'd have actually more blocks if his hands were already up. Uh, because he'd have more, you know, deflections, right? In a sense. And so you can call them Whoa. deflections. You can call them, uh, you know, blocks, whatever. They might end up being steals. In the end of the day, that's what he wants. In the, yeah. That's what he actually wants as a player. That's what the coaches want. That's what the fans want. But the problem is, is he can't see that because he only sees the big blocks at the rim. And that's what he wants to do. And he also wants to get these stupid steals that don't make sense either I, I don't understand why he needs to get steals steal somebody else's cookies i don't get it let him shoot it let him be the thing uh but in the end of the day well uh one one guy i was going to reference to that all was santi aldama i watched him play in the game last night i've seen him play a lot he is a very vertical player and mm -hmm. i know he does a lot of things wrong as well as you know a lot of players and that's fine what he does really right is he is a very vertical player. He will go to the rim and try to challenge shots, and that's what you want. You want your long, tall guys to challenge shots at the right times, but not every time. But he does, and you know what? They score over him sometimes, and that's okay. Like People right. have to understand, it's okay. Well, and he plays really similarly to Jaron. He basically is the same prototype as Jaron without the natural giftings, right? Yeah. And But the difference is he stays on the court right. because he plays with high IQ basketball. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about Jaron. I think it's why fans get so frustrated. I think it's why I have people text me last night saying stuff like I'm done with them, which is a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. But is it's not hard. The things that he does wrong are not hard to do right. It's just yeah. not. I, and so I – listen, I'm going to call it like I see it. I think it's selfish. I don't think it's low IQ. I don't think he doesn't know better. I think it's selfishly wanting to go for the big play. And I think it's selfish. I just think he has to stop being selfish. I, I can't imagine what else it would be because I can't imagine if he mentally doesn't understand to not do that, there's a whole nother problem going on. Yeah. And I don't think that exists. So I think it's selfish. I think it's got to be better. Yep, no, I agree. Um, and in the in the end of the day, I, I just think that Jaron has to be a better player. It's that it's it's plain and simple. He has to be on the floor to be able to let the Grizzlies be who they want to be, and that's it. Well, he's five. He's five for seven from the floor, one for two from three when he's playing. Eleven points in twenty-one minutes. He had most of that in the first ten minutes before he got. Two fouls and 20 total seconds yep. in the second half. Yep. All right. Let's move on. John Conchar, player overreactions. John Conchar. I think if you say that John Conchar sucks, it's an overreaction. 
We've seen him play. We've seen – I know I was in the spaces not too long ago, and I heard someone say he never makes big shots. And I was like, this is like three games after he hit a dagger three in the fourth. Can't remember when it was. But he's hit big shots. He can hit big shots. He can be a great contributor for this team. I don't think it's an overreaction right now to say Roddy is playing much better basketball than him and contributing much more. I think if you want to win basketball games right now, you play David Roddy over John Conchar. And here's where that gets tricky. David Roddy is probably better in the long term than John Conchar as well. So you both mm. get present and future production by playing Roddy. Okay. Here's the other part that makes it really tricky. Conchar is the better player than David Roddy right now. I think. I think. Because I, David Roddy's a rookie. He's played awesome lately. I'm a huge David Roddy fan. I think Roddy will definitely be better than Conchar in the long run. It's hard to say with a rookie sample size, he's better when we've seen Conchar really contribute for this team over a long stretch of time. And Conchar just lost all of his confidence. So I think looking at it from that standpoint, Conchar is a guy you want to be playing and producing in the playoffs because mm. I think you should be able to rely on him more. And he just lost all his confidence. Hmm. Okay. Because you don't want that. to play rookies, right? You just don't want to play rookies when you get to the playoffs into those big games. And yeah. even if Roddy's better right now, I don't know what that means in the long run. And the difference, I think, is you can send Roddy to the G League and it's okay. I think sending Conchar down to the G League isn't an option for the Grizzlies right now. No, I don't I don't think he I don't think they would. I don't think that's even an option Agreed. on the table. Agreed. And so sending him down to the G League does not make sense. Agreed. Who, like Conchar, Roddy, and Zaire all are struggling. At times, Conchar was playing better than all three of them this season. Roddy is probably playing the best out of those three right now. Mm-hmm. And Zaire, he's probably playing the worst. He's also had the higher ceiling overall because of what he did last year. So yep. there's so much that goes in and out of the conversations. And so I want to ask you a question because this is kind of what came up last night. Who would you play and why would you play? So if you had to have these two, you know, two of the three, who and why would you play? If you're playing Tuesday night versus Suns, which you will be in attendance, I know. Um, who would you play? Because I have my reasonings and I have what I think that the actual front office and the coaching staff and all are, are doing. So I'm curious what in the world each and everybody would do because that honestly is – it's a hot topic right now, and everybody wants to go ahead and throw stones at Conchar and Zaire, and they want to push David Roddy to the front end. So, so what would you do about these three? If you Tuesday's game, who would you play out of those three? Because honestly, I think it's a ten man rotation, and I think the eleventh guy sits, and then they'll bring in and they'll change it up every now and then. So, who would you play? Uh, I didn't expect this to be an issue this year. <laughs> we talked about yeah. this a lot in the preseason, but. I think you've got to play Conchar and Zaire. You you got to play Conchar. That's the one that I don't think you take off the table even remotely. Um, I tweeted out the other. I think it's going to be a conversation because it is a conversation. Um, yeah. 
Wow. I think you've got to, you can't play, you can't not play Conchar unless you get to, it'll be months down the road of Conchar underperforming before they take him out. Because the same thing is a confidence thing. And you can't hurt his confidence more by taking him out of the lineup. And we know he's a good player. And we, I know you especially love, mm-hmm. love JD. We all love JD. We all want to see him succeed. He's just not right now. You got to let him work through it. Zaire, if you're going to have him, with the team you've got to play him you've got to get him out of this you've got to knock the rust off get him out of this funk he made a three last night it was really good to see i am on the other end of him as far as the g league stuff goes though Mm. i think you absolutely can send zaire down to play with the hustle until he starts making these shots because he's a little slow why would why is it okay to send zaire but not conchar because it's because zaire is a second year player who was not an all-star. He was people love to remember the end of year Zaire last year where he was playing yeah. to like the what you would want him to play Correct. to, right? Peak of power sort of thing. Yeah. And Conchar is a guy who has paid his dues, worked really hard, older player, and has finally gotten that contract to be an NBA player for. And it will absolutely hurt his confidence to go down. And if you send him down, I don't think you ever get him back up sort of thing mm. you, you get him back up to be at the end of the bench but not to be in your rotation really? and ideally you want to be a rotation player and okay i don't even i don't i wouldn't say it's an ego thing i think with some players it's an ego thing i think it's just a confidence thing. i think if you yeah. send conchar down it's man i finally got my shot and i blew it type of thing because okay. it, I, I, that's I the that. issue i see there right okay whereas Zaire's second year player yeah well, I, let me give you my take on that. I, I think the difference is is you don't want to send down any of these players unless you feel a need to or have a reason to, okay? Because right. just like you said, it, it is the confidence thing. But one, one of the biggest things that I look at this is John Conchar, he has – there is no real good reason to send him down other than saying – you're just not playing good right now. We're sending you down to get some reps, right? That's what yeah. that that's what the only thing you can say to him. What can you say to Zaire? But well, you're coming back from finish. injury. You're coming back from injury. <laughs> you just don't look like you have your legs yet. Let's go ahead and get you more reps. We'll get you more minutes. We're, you're not going to miss a game, right? You're going to go down to South Haven right down the street. You don't have to travel with the team. You know, there's not none of that. You literally we want you to go down there because we want you to get better. And we think you might need some more run, some more mm-hmm. minutes, have the ball in your hand a little bit more, knock the rust off a little bit and then come back. You know, it's just a one game deal. No big deal. That's the conversation that you can have with Zaire to send you down. You can't have that with John Conchar. You can have that with David Roddy as well. You can have the same exact con- uh, conversation. Hey, you're not getting any minutes right now. Let's send you down. Let's work on these two things. And then we'll get you back up for next game. So that's why. It's almost like I was getting there. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going to take it to. Zaire is clear he's coming back from injury and has to knock the rust off. It's yeah. just it's clear and obvious, right? And that's the biggest yeah. part of it. And then David Roddy's a rookie who every other rookie's been down there playing in yeah. the G League. There's nothing wrong with sending him down there. So I think that's what will eventually happen. Um, I don't think you have Roddy miss any games on assignment, though. I no. think Roddy will go play, but he will immediately be recalled back. He won't miss any Grizz time to be with the hustle. Um, the the other the only other part of it that I think has been an issue is I've said since the preseason the Grizzlies don't need big splash awesome all star players. They need elite role players. 
And Roddy looks a part of an elite role player, in my mm. opinion. So you you do sort of cost his development in not playing him. Um, and especially when he's playing really well. But um, listen, it's another rock and a hard place that the Grizzlies front office did much too well in their drafting and signings. To, yeah. They put themselves in another tough position. So it's a, not a bad spot to be in. I imagine it'll be Conchar and Zaire moving forward because that's just what you sort of the place they're in, unless they send Zaire down to the G League. But I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. I think they'll all be back. Uh, let me, I, I'll give you this. And I, I don't know, do you have anybody else before I wrap us up for the most part? Do you have anybody else that you want to hit on overreaction guys? Uh, I did see one guy. I'll, I'll defer to you on this. Cause I only saw one person say something, but there said Des Bain is not an all-star after the game last night. It was a Grizzlies fan saying okay. this. Um, yeah. Let, let's hit on that. Let, I didn't let me, see that much, but yeah, let me package this. Let me package this one up a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to fill you out and find out who you want to talk about um, the last one. But um, with this, and this is going to go right into Desmond Bain because I think it's uh, they correlate very much so together. A lot of people are pretty much piling on on our role players. Our role players, if you look at what they're doing on the court, outside of John Conchar, right, he's been, he's been bad because he's – like you said, he's lost his confidence. He's not hitting shots, which is weird because he was hitting everything the early, earlier yeah. in the season. He's not doing the little things like rebounding the ball. He doesn't look like he's in a flow. But what happens to the all of these role players and how do you get them better? It really isn't about them all the time. It's about them being in a certain role and being comfortable. These role players have had to be potentially starters. Conchar's been a starter for a lot of the season. Now he's coming back to the bench and having to come off the bench and playing those minutes with those units. They're not all the same units all the time. A lot of these players are playing different minutes, different roles. Zaire, from the time he's been playing this year, coming off of an injury, he's playing the second and the fourth quarter, the first eight minutes of the quarter for the most part. And that's where he's getting his roughly 16 minutes a game. He's playing in, in eight-minute stretches. And a lot of times probably is they felt like he did a good job of that last year. But what may what comes down to it is if you have a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. on the court, you don't have to bring in Santi Aldama a little bit early, right? He can stay in his normal rotation. If you don't have Desmond Bain shooting and going 0-7 from deep, what happens then? The defense has to l- rotate a different way. They have to overcompensate for a guy like Desmond Bain. And then Desmond Bain can then create of what he does best, and he can kick out to these guys that are wide open, even more than they already are. But it's also confidence because they know when they take that shot, mm-hmm. they know that Desmond Bain has been lighting it up already, right? And that he is filling himself. He's feeling good. The ball, the offense is flowing. The, the entire, everything is going the right direction. When they shoot the ball, if they miss, it's not a big deal. They're not supposed to make it. But right now when they shoot the ball, please go in we need points because nobody is scoring and it's a brick yep. and it's even more pressure and so your role players are better when your other players are playing because they're not expected to do anything when you're not expected that's the reason they're the role player is because they're not expected to do anything we're expecting them to do <laughs> so much and that's the problem <coughs> if we don't have those expectations they become the actual true selves and they become true role players yeah. The bench has been so awesome for so many years now that we tend to forget they're supposed to be out there to hold water 
right? They're supposed to be treading water and holding ground for the starters to come back in and do their thing. And that's just not the case right now. There's just, and again, there's a lot of moving parts for that. So it's tough to expect, but the one that can't be, that is not too much to expect is Jaron. And for all uh, Stephen Adams people, I know Funaki stat tweeted out last night, why did Jenkins not place Adams last bit of the game? Well, guess what? When you don't have Jaron to be able to roam and be able to provide that spacing, it makes it really hard to put Adams out there with anybody else in those end game situations. So, yeah, uh, that even affects the ability to play Adams. Jaron's got to be better, man. See, period. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Doesn't have anything to answer your question. Uh, not an all star. He's not going to be an all star this year. It's not the fact that he's not good enough to be an all star. He yeah. is literally missing games. He's trying to work himself back into normal game shape, which he is not back at. He even admitted that on the uh, the post game not. after the first game. There's just not enough games to really happen for him to jump over players like SGA and Damian Lillard. Like that's who he has to jump over to play because he's not jumping over Ja. He has to jump over either SGA or Damian Lillard because if you look at that, you already have a guy like. Devin Booker, who's going to be an all-star, Luca, Steph, who else? I, I know I'm missing one other person. Like they're all going to be all-stars. You say John Morant. <laughs> yeah. Like well, all let, these players are all-stars already. Let me let, let me be clear. I don't think he should be an all-star this year. He's just too much time. I think he was playing an all-star before he would have made it in if he kept playing. The the spirit of the tweet was that Des Bain does not deserve to be an all-star with his level of mm. play. Right. I mean, it was just a frustrated, angry fan tweet. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a pretty absurd, frustrated, angry fan tweet to send out on his second game back, <laughs> right? And so I wanted to be sure if that was widespread. We all talked about, hey, by the way, he was almost – he was very close to having to have season-ending foot surgery, and he's in his second game back. Maybe don't get so caught up in the moment and remember that they're playing for May and July. They're not playing for December 25th, even though it was awesome. I'm not going to understate how great it was to have a Grizzlies Christmas Day game. Huge moment for the franchise, and we shouldn't pretend it's not. It's like it's a huge moment for the franchise to have a Grizzlies player have their own signature shoe, which is absurd. Um, But the long game, it will feel a lot more satisfying for them to be lifting up some trophies come the summer than it will to be having some trash talk on Christmas Day. So let's – Let's be clear, Desmond Bain is going to be an all-star. It's not going to be this year, yeah. but he's going to right. be an all-star. And let's not get pissy because he missed a bunch of shots on his second game back when he looked <laughs> like he could barely breathe running up and down the court. I agree. Um, honestly, uh, the only team that will probably get two all-stars in the West, just in general, I don't care, a lot, you know, care less about the East for the most part. Uh, we'll let the other podcast talk about that. But uh, the West, <laughs> the only two players from one team is probably going to be the Lakers. And how funny is that? Like they're probably, they're, they're going to put in Anthony Davis and they're going to, they're going to put in LeBron James. Is I don't know. For, I don't know if AD is healthy enough, but you know, yeah. good and well, LA, the fans who Anthony Davis is, how he was playing. He's legitimately, it was an all-star. He's going to get voted in a starter. LeBron is not going to miss the all-star game. So you're going to have those two guys. They're probably going to be an alternate, right? Uh, but you're going to have those two guys. That should be the only two that are on the same team. Because if you look at this, there's nobody else going to go with Steph, right? 
There's nobody else going to go with Luca. There's nobody else going to go with SGA, Jokic, Sabonis. He's probably going. There's no. There's going to be no Fox. I wouldn't imagine he's not playing well enough. Uh, I said Curry earlier. Devin Booker. He might get DeAndre Ayton in there if they start playing well enough, but they they don't look good. Zion should be the only guy in there from the Pelicans. Um, LeBron obviously with AD. Uh, people are saying it could be Laurie Marketing. He he would be the only player that comes out of the Jazz. Ja would be the only player that comes out of the Grizzlies. And then Damian Lillard uh, would be the only guy that would come out of the, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, yep. And so the only way you could get that is maybe Fox gets in. I, I don't okay. see that happening. Not, he, there's no way you're jumping over SGA, Ja, Luca, Steph. It, that, that's just not going to yeah, happen, I right? I don't think that'll happen. So the only player that two players on the same team, and more than likely AD will be out depending on his his foot, is is the Lakers, and that's just Gross. it's just funny. It's just funny. I, I just figured I'd bring bring some laughter to it because that literally is the only team that would have. Uh, all right. So anything else you got? We've been here for an hour now. So anything else you have going on? Nope, nothing too crazy. We put out a bunch of more unique stuff on Grizzly Eat over the past two weeks, so be sure to go check out those articles, theleadsm.com, and just go to the Grizzly tab. Um, Andrew put out a really cool medicinal one, I guess might be the way to say it, um, that I don't completely understand still, but it was pretty pretty cool to see him dig into that stuff. And then um, we had Luke and Jesse put out some really good stuff as well. So be sure to go check those out. Some really fun stuff. And we'll keep pumping them out for you as we get past the holidays. Yeah. No, no bluffing just released their podcast as we were here live. And so they just recorded it. Uh, we were waiting for them to get done so we could uh, actually record since we're on the same platform. Uh, but go ahead and check them out. It was just Luke and Chris, from my understanding, that did the podcast. They did an emergency podcast talking about the Warriors game. So we didn't want to get into it too much. Uh, we just wanted to share a little bit about, you know, our thoughts on the game, but also the comments and kind of what surrounds that uh, from this team. But in general, it, 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 make sure you go check them out, but make sure you kind of stay with us. We're going to try to do one after the the game on Tuesday night. We'll try to do a post-game show. Um, and then I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule, in all honesty. Uh, so I'm kind of just doing it off the seat of my pants. But uh, what, what do you have? You have one more thing, Nate? Yeah, the one more thing was if we do a post game and I'm there, it'll be a late night post game because I will be in attendance on Tuesday night on the game. And so if anybody's going to the game, shout, give me a shout out on Twitter, DM us, whatever needs to be. You know, just the main Grizzly account. But come say hi. I'd love, love to see any of the fans or anybody that's out there. So give us a shout out. Um, and other than that, I think I'm staying in a hotel downtown, so I don't have to drive from Michigan hey City, yo. Mississippi to Memphis International <laughs> that morning at 5 a.m., but um, still probably be a late night post game. Yeah. Um, all right. Real quick game prediction. All I need is who's winning, who's losing. Grizz winning, Suns losing. All I right. think it'll be so tight. Devin Booker's officially out now, right? He had that uh, growing, I think it was. And so he played four minutes last game last night. Uh, so he's more than likely, there's no way he's going to play uh, Tuesday night, not with a growing injury. Um, and so I think the Grizzlies dominate again i think they're going to play well they need to play well and i think they're going to play well against a guy who the only guy on that floor that can really score and dominate the ball for them is cp3 uh they don't have a lot of other people right now they're they're kind of playing with um spoons and a knife fight so uh, <laughs> as the famous quote goes it'll be fun to see if steven adams can just emasculate deandre Ayton to the point he quits again i think if Ayton comes out with some fire in him it's a better game and i and yeah. 
I think he will, but we'll see how long that lasts going up against Stephen Adams. If DeAndre Ayton quits, that's when the game will get out of hand for the Grizzlies. No doubt. No doubt. All right, so I know we will do one Tuesday night, and it looks like uh, the game Thursday as well. It's at uh, Toronto. I would assume we would, uh, but it just depends on what's going on. And obviously, the other one is New Year's Eve. Uh, don't expect us to do one then. It's a Saturday night, New Year's <laughs> Eve. Uh, don't expect us one. But we'll try to do one Tuesday and Thursday, depending on uh, schedules. But as of right now, that's the uh, that's the plan at the moment. So um, if you don't have anything, I don't have anything. Hopefully everyone had a Merry Christmas. Uh, have a, uh, a good time to spend with family, friends. Uh, and just kind of honestly, just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. I put a trampoline somewhat together this morning. That was fun. I <laughs> uh, put it together yeah. in the garage. Hopefully, hopefully we can get it out. So. Uh, that's all we have. Uh, everybody have a, uh, a good holidays, a good week uh, as we go into the new year. Be nice and tell your friends.